Yes, you're wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And nothing has happened. Nothing good has happened at all, whatsoever. Uh, and that's our episode for the week. So yep, thank you. We'll see you guys on Thursday. <laughs> um, the only news story that I am even remotely intrigued by is I don't know if you're on this side of TikTok yet, but the clip of the two House of the Dragon girls talking to each other and they're like a Negroni. Sabogliato with Prosecco in it. I (laughs) am not really invested in the TikTok that much, but I really want to try the Negroni with the Prosecco in it. I mean, what's the deal? I don't, I guess maybe I'm missing a few. You know, I'm not following House of the Dragons. I don't drink a lot. I I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. What? No, I mean it's not it's not interesting news. Have I dabbled in lay alcohol? I guess I didn't this know is... this. This is the reveal to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't let people uh, make assumptions about what I'm willing to do. Okay, and I don't like peer pressure. Wait, and... oh, wait, 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 Shelby, you're coming to visit me this weekend. <laughs> this is exactly. My nightmare scenario. My point is... It's okay. We'll only do 44 shots. It'll be fun. (laughs) 13. One for every Taylor Swift number. You know, Rory said I I handled my liquor well. He was very impressed because I didn't... This is my thing. And I find this hard to believe, but I'll, I'll go. I know you find it hard to believe because I hear it's not something you could relate to. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Rude. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've, I'm not, I'm not a beverage person is the problem I've realized. Like I don't enjoy sipping on a beverage, like whether it's, I've never been someone who like, like soda or drinks or whatever. Like drink a lot of water. Yeah. I love water. That's my problem is it's boring. It's flavorless. It's great goes with everything <laughs> satisfying in a way no other liquid beverage has been well yes that's aside true. from slushy or icy um and so yeah i i don't find anyways this doesn't matter no one here cares no one it's, here cares Shelby, this is more interesting than any of the news <laughs> stories i have so let's just run with it <laughs> well so it just has i there have been instances where like okay I'll, I'll try to drink socially and then i'm like ew i don't like just sitting here drinking this wine it's not pleasurable to me and so then I'm like okay well I'll get tipsy I'll get drunk like let's see how that feels let's relax into this moment and you know when you have an enabler like my brother-in-law Rory uh or you know my sister it's like yeah let's try it but I didn't ever feel that like magical moment (laughs) oh you didn't get drunk (laughs) I don't know man I I did like three I did like four and a half shots of of rum and two pina coladas and half a glass of wine and I could like feel that my sounds like a miserable combination. <laughs> well, it, nothing. There was just nothing. There was nothing, Matthew. I felt like freaking Legolas. Okay, I not to make another Lord of the Rings. Did you feel different but... than you normally feel? 
I felt like I could feel like my joints were heavy and I had a headache and I couldn't walk straight, but it wasn't like more fun. It didn't like elevate the experience is what I'm saying. I mean, okay. One of those drinks, that sounds horrific. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would not wish that drink combination on my worst enemy Two, Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it has to do with like the alcohol you're drinking, the situation you're in. The, okay. like, there's so many different variables. I've I, heard this in so many different situations, yeah, well, but yeah, I, that, you might hold the magic touch. I don't know. Yeah. You just have to be like dancing and it has to be vodka soda. That's what, the, <laughs> that's what it is. Or we can try this Negroni with Prosecco in it, yes, which yeah. I'm also intrigued by. Because that's I, like the, it was on lesbian talk. It was like a, a drink for the for the lesbians, right? That's who I saw talking I about it. I don't think – so I think the drink doesn't really matter. Right. I think that for TikTok purposes, it's sort of like the interplay between the two <laughs> actresses where the right. one keeps like listing off parts of the drink and then the other one is like, oh, oh. <laughs> and so then people were memeing things of like one person is listing things and then the other person is like sort of sexually intrigued by them. I see, yeah. But I don't think that that drink is a particularly lesbian option. I mean, I can ask some of my lesbian friends, but I had never heard of a Negroni with Prosecco in it. Right, no. I just mean that's who it spoke to, the interaction. Um, Which, actually, I forgot about this story, but I'm glad it reminded me because... (laughs) I have an Lesb- update on Taylor Swift. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, on the lesbian side of Taylor Swift? Yeah. So okay. uh, she's rolled out all of her album titles at this point. I mean, all of her track oh, titles Oh, yes. One of them point. is with Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wh- – whatever. You know, uh, uh, that's it's the whole thing. giving jet fuel. <laughs> there are worse people, but yeah, it's a it's a uninspired choice. But, well, but um, here's the thing with Taylor. Step up Do from we David O'Russell. Lana Del Rey will actually be on it or will she be going in the background like she made time do? I feel like since it's not a friend-to-friend situation that she must get a feature sort of more like um, who was it on the Nothing New song? Not the Dixie Chicks. No, someone got a whole verse on the Red Taylor's version bonus track. Is someone... I can't think right now. Anyways, my mind's distracted because one of the songs is Lavender Haze, the the leads track off of it. And she posted a behind the scenes, well, kind of just a background video where she's like, let me explain the meaning of this song title. And she says like she heard the phrase in Mad Men where it kind of describes this, you're in that like romantic phase where you just are in this like glowy bubble of love basically. And she says, so that's what this song is about is like protecting this love that you want to protect at any cost. Like nothing's worth like giving up that lavender haze for. And she's like, like thinking of my relationship of six years and all the weird rumors we've had to combat. Like, you know, this song's just about that type thing, which on its own, I was like, yeah, whatever. Cool. Like congrats to you. But it divided Gaylor um, Gaylor <laughs> Swifties, uh, because there has been this like brewing conversation of Taylor being queer. Um, whether that's as simple a rumor as like, oh, she must have been bisexual, she must be bisexual or curious because she must have hooked up with Carly at some point. She must have had this relationship with Diana at one point. To the more extreme, she's still in a real secret relationship with Carly Kloss. They have a love child, and their husbands are just beards. 
And so there's like this wide range of people who believe that Taylor Swift is queer based on some of the songs she's written, some of the costumes she's worn, some of the gay allyship she's trotted out with maybe more of a spotlight on her than would need to be. And so there had been rumors that Midnight's the album would be her coming out. I'm not sure exactly why, but there were like rumors about this for the last several albums. (laughs) Yeah. And so when this, when this, behind the scenes about Lavender Haze came out, it and where it completely rocked it. What, where did she posted it on Instagram. She oh, just okay. had done it for a couple of the songs, but okay. um, people are upset because one, lavender, I guess, is a color that's associated with le- lesbianism, um, which is something I didn't know. And it's, you know, possible that a lot of people haven't known it. It's kind of looking uh, I, at the history of it. I mean, yes, but also lavender is a color associated with a bazillion other things. So I don't yeah, think that's necessarily yeah. I think it was way. like the lavender fever or something was like in the 50s. There's like, or lavender um, marriages were something about like uh, lesbians in a marriage type thing. And so there is this history to it. But the more upsetting thing is that she said these weird rumors about her and her relationship with Joe, which has given the Hetlers, you know, the heteronormative <laughs> Swifties uh, language to attack the Gaylors by saying, like, you guys are ruining this. You guys are making her uncomfortable. Like, stop with your gay theories. You're so kind of just like homophobic, like uh uh, Wouldn't it be more likely that Taylor Swift was talking about all of the rumors about how she's like engaged and secretly married yeah. and has kids or whatever? Well, I mean, if you look at the scheme if the of the spectrum of rumors about Taylor, I would argue the weirdest is this idea that she's in a secret queer relationship with Carly Kloss and isn't dating Joe really and that they're just a beard. Yeah. But yeah, I think there is a scenario where she could just be thinking like, I'm not married, we're not divorced, like blah, 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 blah. But it has made quite the ripple through the fandom. Like a lot of TikTok Swifties were very upset at her because they felt like they she had kind of let these homophobic attacks go, th- that she gave like credence to these homophobes in the fandom to as, to attack people who do post like queer readings of Taylor Swift and her music. And of course, uh, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in between. I... I don't know if Taylor will ever come out as queer or if she like is queer, but it is an unfortunate choice of words. And it is interesting to see how um, these communities that had been largely vocal about the Midnight's album have now kind of been silenced where like Facebook groups and Reddit threads have kind of just like disappeared because they're like, this was the last straw. Like I'm sick of the queer baiting basically. Hmm. So I don't know. She still hasn't released a single. The rumor is that since she's hyping up this Meet Me at Midnight's release time, that she's not going to do a lead single. And, you know, why does she need to when she's already sold a butt ton of records based on limited sales and clock, you know, attachments and uh, different colored vinyls and CD covers and stuff. So I don't know if we'll get a single, which is interesting. Yeah, it feels like a not great strategic move, but I guess like, I mean, arguably her 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 picking of the lead singles have always been some of the worst press she's gotten. You know, look what you made me do, and me. Um, they're moments that honestly usually divide critics, and then everyone's like, "Wow, the album's actually good." So, so maybe she's, she's just like, she's you know what, never mind, and just see which <laughs> songs do the best, and then be like, "Okay, that one's yeah. the single." <laughs> Yeah, a new strategy. Interesting. (laughs) 
but that uh was an update this week so um yeah did we, did we talk about the try guys last week oh my gosh yes i cannot begin to care about this i really can't i because they parodied it on snl and everyone hated yes. that parody but i just like can't I can't find the interest. I can't find an entry point for me because I have no, no attachment to them whatsoever. So I had no attachment to them either. And I think that the thing that's, I have found more interesting in this whole debacle between this and then also the, um, the Adam Levine saga Mm -hmm. and him cheating is I've started to see these articles that are like, Sort of like, so what if someone is cheating on the other person? Like, right. if they're consenting adults, like, why is cheating that bad? Mm. Which I feel like this is the first time that I've, like, sort of seen that uh, thought process in a big way of, like, why do we care that celebrities cheat on each other? Why do we care if people in general cheat on each other? Sort of, like, if most marriages are going to end in divorce anyways, and so many people have open marriages and open relationships, like, why does it matter that other people are, like, cheating on them as long as it's two consenting adults? Right. And I don't know. Like, I do find it sort of fascinating this angle with celebrities specifically of like marking a celebrity as bad for cheating on somebody when that, when that does sort of seem like a small potatoes. Yeah. A small potatoes and also like not really related to anything else that the celebrity is doing. Uh, You know, like theoretically Adam Levine's music. Right. And his career is separate from like, I didn't know who his, wife was i don't know who this girlfriend is or whatever you know it's like i don't have any sort of connection to adam levine but now that he's done this we're like okay well now adam levine we don't (laughs) like him anymore um and i don't know i like it's a i don't feel like i am on board with that sentiment fully because it's like if you have an open relationship that you know like that's fine. Do whatever you want within your relationship as long as you have communicated the sort of parameters to each other. If one person in the group thinks, okay, we're monogamous and the other person is breaking that rule, then I feel like, well, that, I mean, it's cheating, but it's also lying, which I feel like we are more on board with bad. Um, But I think the celebrity angle is more interesting because of, it's like, yeah, do we, like, should we, care about this really or shouldn't we like i i know that there were stars growing up because i i grew up you know in a super like christian conservative background where if some if a celebrity got a divorce or if a celebrity was cheating on somebody we'd be like oh yeah that person's like a bad person yeah. and they were sort of tainted and we you know like i remember us not listening to amy grant cd <laughs> after she got a divorce from her husband so like of course like i feel like that is very legalistic and now we sort of don't think of divorce in that way at all but i don't know i just thought that this was sort of a interesting thought experiment and wondered what your thoughts were on it as especially a married person Mm, yeah yeah i guess drinks (laughs) well what was interesting about the like feedback i saw is that um 
you know, it, it was like a workplace relationship with ads, which adds another layer. And it is also interesting that they SNL parodied the non, you know, sinners of the Try Guys um, to make light of what the Try Guy Ned did do. Um, and I saw that one of the writers of that skit is actually Ned's friend, which I think is very very interesting um and you know snl isn't the great like power broker it has been in the past so it's clear that they're like you know not the best at defining uh the zeitgeist anymore but yeah i can see the the curious way we're framing celebrity gossip and like scandals now as sort of like well, give me something better than this. Like, give me a better story. This doesn't even phase me. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> because, I mean, that yeah, is technically that's what how the I SNL feel. skit is. <laughs> it's like them, it's the other three guys and the Try Guys taking it very seriously and being yeah. like, we excommunicated him for the group. Yeah. And then the reporter being like, for, for like sleeping with someone who was of age. Like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> And yeah, and I was like, I feel like it is a big deal, bigger deal than some people are making out of it. But I also don't know if it needs to be like a massive big deal. Yeah, confusing. It's like strange that it's still getting so much, you know, online time with the Twitter and TikTok and whatever that I can't like avoid it. Um, but you think of like scandals from our like era of growing up with celebrities like the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie like like those affairs those moments felt so much bigger than this that it is interesting that this one has taken up so much space because it does feel kind of like how does this compare to other like other salacious moments that we've you know talked to death but yeah I can kind of see how um it's maybe not productive to pretend it doesn't matter just because it's not like the juiciest bit of gossip there ever has been. I just don't know where it's getting. It's like staying power. I really, yes. I don't get it. These I people think, are nothing to me. <laughs> I think it has to be from the fact that the, that that person within the try guys was such like he had based his whole brand around it yeah. and there's like a weird sort of schadenfreude of this person who's like claiming to be a wife guy the whole time and he's the one who had the affair <laughs> but yeah. but yes for for truly like cd list celebrities it yeah. is shocking because i mean the <laughs> like as far as i know these people are only popular for having like a youtube channel they're not like they've never been in movies or tv shows or anything they're not um they're not even like viral sensations yeah. in that they've had other news stories about them like this is the first thing aside from just like their videos popping up on youtube and i feel like <laughs> i haven't watched anything that they've done since you know like i don't know 2010 or whenever they yeah. got started on buzzfeed I know. Like, what are they even doing at this point? Like, what is there left to try? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, nothing. I, I remember thinking that like a decade it. ago that they yeah. tried everything. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, no press is – all press is good press. So um, maybe maybe they'll be able to write out this story. I don't know. I really – I ended up muting it on Twitter. I just couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> Well, then the what other stories do you have? Uh, nothing really interesting. I mean, I thought it was kind of 
funny, not funny, dark, dark, funny. Uh, this TwitchCon was happening, which is put on by Amazon. Amazon owns Twitch. I have which... no idea. I, I did not follow this at all. Oh, well, okay. So there was this big scandal um, because there was this ball, not foam pit. There's this foam pit at uh, TwitchCon, which is, you know, just like VidCon, just like Comic-Con is just for Twitch creators to come yeah. meet their fans and like participate in whatever All doing. of those seem horrid to me. I yeah. would not want to go as a celebrity. I would not want to go as a fan. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to go even more because there was this foam pit and it was like streaming live and it was sort of like one of those wrestling things where you have the like jousting stick and you kind of oh, battle yeah, uh-huh. each other off. And someone fell off, and this woman in victory, this Twitch streamer, um, Adriana Chechik, I think, she does this like victory leap off into the into the foam pit. But the foam pit is not a foam pit. It is literally just one layer of single foam, you know, like foam cubes on straight cement. And so she lands on her tailbone. Literally in the video, she can't like get up immediately. She's like oh. writhing in pain and she ended up breaking her back in two places. And like she has to have a rod put in uh, like via surgery to what? Like, add support. Yeah. And the video is like everywhere. It's horrific just to like imagine that pain like watching it what? and just thinking, oh my God. So like, how what? did they not know this? I mean, I think it's just you trust a foam pit when you're in a foam pit. I like looking at it. It's not a pit, right? Like it's like usually if you go to like a trampoline place, it's like a six right. foot pit. But like what but was the point just... of having it there if it wasn't a, like because it was just a cheap like fall out, right? <laughs> yeah. It was just a cheap like sort of idea and it wasn't twitch twitch con twitch was very fast to come out and say like this was not sponsored by us this was not ours we did not screen this we were not responsible for it it did not belong to us at all it was a booth for lenovo you know what uh like they do their oh yes Uh uh-huh and so they were promoting something with their gaming series and they built this foam pit that was really just a ball pit that had foam squares in it. And then another person got injured too. They like dislocated their knee. So even after this accident where this woman literally broke her back and they like had to like help her out of the foam pit, they kept the pit open. And it's just like Twitch refuses to respond to comments. They're like, please take this up with with Lenova. Uh, No one wants to take responsibility. And of course, everyone who goes to these things signs like NDAs basically. So who knows what will come of this, but I just want to urge people to really examine the spaces you're you're, in. <laughs> you're engaging with because oh it was clearly just like the cheapest foam pit I've ever seen attempted. Ugh. I mean, I do think that at those conferences that like, because you're in a giant convention hall mm-hmm. and I think that the different people like buy the booths from... Yeah the vendors and then it's like you can put whatever you want in there like you have yeah. to build it yourself so i can see how twitchcon is like yeah like i don't <laughs> like who knows what people bring to these things yeah and i'm then, sure there's like a list of substances and stuff you can't have but like yeah putting a bunch of foam on the ground and making people think there's more foam and then and getting people to jump into it like <laughs> it's horrific i mean i'm sure it was like you know because when it worked it worked like they're just pushing each other around and if you push 
someone down, you know, it's less dramatic than jumping four feet in the air and then landing full force on your butt. But oh my gosh, if you see the video, like trigger warning, it's it's obviously not like graphic, you know, it's just a tailbone, like it's a back injury. So you don't like see something, but it's just like (laughs) the shivers as you imagine it happening to you. So So no cons for us. (laughs) No cons for us. Until P.S. You're wrong, Con. <laughs> Until P.S. You're wrong, God. Of course. Uh, but we promise a real good foam pit, you know, at least three feet deep. Why would we have a foam pit at our convention? You know, what would like, we have at ours? Honestly, I guess it'd nothing. be like... <laughs> I could, we could sell some merch. I we could do a photo booth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else do people need? I mean, the foam pit could be like... I, I don't know... Uh, like your butt, I don't know. Foam pit. I'm gonna vote no on the foam pit. Um, okay. Do you have any other stories? I don't. Uh, no. I mean, uh, Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel, is going to theaters in general, which is sort of a big deal because this is the first, I believe, like Netflix proper movie that's going to like all like chain theaters, um, for a week uh-huh. at Thanksgiving, but. That's Didn't that, that happen exciting. last time? Well, the original Knives Out went like wasn't a Netflix movie. Oh, but the new one is a Netflix movie, and it's going oh. to Netflix on Christmas. And oh. Netflix movies often play other theaters first, yeah. but not the chain theaters, just like random I indies. See. And because uh, you know, obviously, a lot of people want to go see the Knives Out sequel. They're putting it in theaters, like at, like. Regal's AMC's Cinemark oh, for a week. Fun. At Thanksgiving. So. Did you like it? You liked it. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, uh, you want to get into love it or hate it so we can sure. hear what else, what else you've got going on? You've seen um, like 700 films this week. Well, yeah. Here's the fun thing, though. We're starting to get to the point where movies that I have seen at these festivals are coming out <laughs> so, I ha- so I can talk about things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Please. So I would like to talk about the movie Tar, which is uh, coming out, yes. or which came out last weekend. I don't know if it's out near you yet, but it, it is not out someplace. This is the Kate Blanchett movie. Um, it, it debuted earlier at Venice or Telluride. I'm not sure. And then it was in New York where I saw it, and now it's out in theaters generally, um, or it's a limited release, so it'll get to everybody eventually. Um Kate Blanchett is playing this conductor named Lydia Tarr, and she is, you know, like a power figure in the like classical music world. And she's giving talks and she's a professor and she's working on this sort of like magnum opus of conducting this symphony that she's been working towards. And it's just like very cerebral. And you're following her along sort of through her life. And it's very interesting, but like not super plotty. And then you like slowly start to realize that, wait a second, maybe she is being uh, like canceled for basically me tooing um, a like younger co-worker or like a assistant that she had earlier on in her career. And it's just like slowly watching this, very powerful woman's career unravel um, in a bunch of different ways and sort of watching her like fall apart in the process. Hmm. And 
Kate Blanchett is fantastic in it, uh, like masterful. Will definitely get nominated for an Oscar, if not win. And even though the movie is like two and a half hours long, I felt like it was it was one of those rare situations where you're watching a movie that's long and it doesn't feel that long. Like I didn't check my watch. I wasn't like, okay, when is this going to wrap up? It felt to me like everything that was happening was interesting, and I was very riveted by it all. Hmm. And it feel like it's so realistic watching everything that I assumed this was based on a real person, but it's not, it's completely fictional. And I don't know. It's just like a very fascinating movie to watch um, and a great performance. And I think something that'll be really interesting to talk about as we move on into a award season. I'm excited for you to see it. I feel like you'll have a lot of interesting takeaways. That's interesting. I, uh, Hmm. Is it like pro women? <laughs> yes, I think it's sort of like um I think it's sort of like a the like the gone girl sort of a feminist ethos <laughs> of like calling that. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, of like, like a... women can be bad too, sort right. of an energy. Um it's the script I think was originally written about a man and then Kate Blanchett was like wanted to be involved and I, I'm not exactly sure how it came to be but I but I heard somewhere that it started off as a role that like was going to be written for a man and then she sort of came in and was like hey I would also I would like to play this part like could we sort of yeah. rework it and she worked with them to kind of adapt the screenplay and change things to make it more of her story. Um, right. So, yeah. It's... No, I just – I had read an article today on Jezebel about, like, uh, the sexist disbelief taking over the horror genre with, like, this – it's not relevant per se, but just this interesting narrative uh, focus on – the experience of women and how in horror and a lot of movies like don't worry darling and barbarian it's like about women not being listened to and then and then you have upcoming films like about um the mennonite woman and stuff it's just interesting to think about i saw that this morning oh (laughs) so we'll see how i feel about tar i'm sure i'll come back to it and let you know um i wanted to do a mini fall (laughs) tv roundup because i sat through some of these primetime network shows. Uh, and they're bad. They're bad this year. Honestly, we had gone back and forth about whether or not Matt and I would do a full episode like we did before the pandemic, um, where we got to talk about shows like Once a, a, a Million Little Things and The Rookie, the Rookie. and, you know, his beloved Rel and The Doctor Show. And like, those were always, like, so, so fun to do. Shows. They were a lot of bad shows, but a lot of, like, fun ones. Some that I continued watching for seasons after. This era is just dead. Like, the network season is gone, you know, because everything comes out willy whenever. A lot of the network shows usually come out, like, in January now for some reason. And most of them aren't putting money into, like, new stuff. It's more, like, rebrands or reboots or franchises or spinoffs or whatever. So the three big titles were um, Alaska Daily, which is starring Oscar winner Hillary Swink. Two-time Oscar winner Hillary Swink. Absolutely awful. Painful to watch. It's like she's a journalist, but she is hitting these lines like 
beats faster than our natural. It feels like she is just phoning it in. She is just, it feels like watching a like audition tape for someone in their like first role ever. It is not pleasant to watch. It's very weird, very strange, very uninteresting show. And she is giving me nothing. Then we have Monarch, which is starring, um, it's this like big country royalty epic like about country music i mean oh yeah i feel like it wants to be like yellowstone sort of yeah it's like yellowstone meets nashville which was the connie Britton show from like five years ago and it stars susan sarandon sarandon oh yes sarandon Mm -hmm. sarandon and (laughs) this also was like over the top which usually i'm fine with like a soapy element style drama um but then like spoiler alert uh Sarandon dies in the first episode and she's like what she's <laughs> it is so anticlimactic and she's not coming back as like a she ghost? like comes back in a couple episodes and like flashbacks so she's credited for three episodes so far in the like you know seven episode arc they have listed on IMDb that, I love that I love that <laughs> that's great. I mean she was like the main promotional piece and like the rest of these people are giving nothing like there's some new original music which I think is their main selling point is like look at us and I think they also cover some country songs I I'm not well versed enough to know which ones were which but the music was like fun to watch like I can see why if you like country music this could be a fun show but it's very much just trying to be like, you know, it, it's basically like Game of Thrones light where it's like this family's divided on who gets to be the star now that the mom's dead. And it's like this fight for the spotlight, basically. Um, I don't know how long it could go. There's like some sort of frame mystery, too, of a dead body and like someone's burying someone. So it's like, oh, who did it? You know, type thing. <laughs> and then we have Rookie Feds, which is... <laughs> Oh, yes, the Nisi Nash one. Yeah, Nisi Nash. I don't know what happened here, but it is not nearly as fun as The Rookie. Like, I know we, you thought The Rookie especially was cheesy and, like, you hate Nathan. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, Day. even though I love him. And I, I don't know what's happening here, but it is, like, there are so many quick scenes that it's, like, trying to build up all this backstory without letting us, like, care about anyone that we're, like, learning about because it's it was the pilot that did not feel like a pilot. Like, it was, like, they just expected us to know these different characters, even though most of them, like, Nisi Nash was introduced on a couple of the rookie episodes, but no one else was. And so it was, like, very weird to, like, try and follow along. And it was also edited so, like, choppily that it was kind of like what's happening and there was no like music throughout whereas that was a major point of the rookie where it's kind of like upbeat and there's like a lot of humor I don't know at play and this just felt so dry so uninteresting and it was all about Nisi Nash is a she was a school counselor or principal or something and so she's like I have all these insights into people now because I dealt with all these crazy kids and so she like solves this crime in the first 15 minutes based on the fact that she knows no one would go to be a janitor if they had these grades in their high school like type thing <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so bad. So boring. So all in all, uh, feel free to skip this this season of uh, fall premieres. Well, I am so confused as to what network television is doing because it's it's such like an outdated model in the streaming world. Yeah. And everything that's going on a network 
TV. Like most people aren't watching it while it's airing. They're going to watch it later when it goes to the platform streaming service. So it's sort of like, why are we still following the same like cycle? Uh, and and obviously they're not because they're the shows are coming out later. They're not necessarily doing the whole 22 episode a season arc thing. But I just don't know why they're not like splitting it up more. Is it like a cost thing or like they're spending sure money on like... all of these shows that are going to go to streaming to yeah. streaming. So it's like, why don't you spend like, why don't you just put some of the things that are like streaming quality shows on other stuff? Like, why are the shows that are going to Hulu? Like, why are they not just going to ABC yeah. first? I guess like some of it maybe has to do with ratings, but. Even still, and and you just run out of content. Like, the only network show that I have watched that's not a comedy, because comedies I feel like you can do whatever with, but, like, the only network drama that I've watched in recent years is Riverdale. And Riverdale only really kind of works because it's absolutely insane. And even they have to do sort of, like, two or three different, like, huge plots per season and a normal show would only have to do one of those because it would be like 10 episodes long or whatnot. So I just I just don't understand the format and why they are sticking to it when clearly nobody cares about that anymore. Like no one's like, oh, well, this show isn't 22 episodes, so I'm not watching it. Like, yeah, I'm I don't just, know. I'd be I'm interested to know who's baffled. still watching. Like, because there is like literally a million little things Reddit group of thousands of people commenting on this show. So it's like there is a market that I'm not a part of and I don't know how they find them, but, uh, and there must be something with like advertising and like these channels, they have to keep them running, you know, they, they got to keep the TVs on 24 seven. So it can't just be a Hulu thing, but yeah, I'm not sure. Like, but like, if you're going to put it on Hulu, like, I guess, I guess you want people to go to Hulu directly, but I'm like, why don't you take like the great and put it on abc and well, then that's, uh, that's too promiscuous but well, yeah, yeah there's like the you know reboot I mean? show that just came out the sitcom about reboots that seems like it could do well in a modern family type space um but it's a hulu original and i don't know the difference between like who's or like love Sign- or like love victor that feels yeah. like something that could have easily been on a network tv yeah well i guess because yeah, I have no idea. I mean, there are specific <laughs> reasons for these specific shows, but I'm like, in yeah. general, why couldn't you do something like a Love Victor, put it on ABC, and then put it on Hulu? Yeah. And it's that- also weird because they're not giving these shows space to like find an audience because, like, even looking at something like Parks and Rec, that first season was not well reviewed. People weren't excited about it, but it still got renewed for a second season and became this huge, like, cultural monolith. Whereas it feels like. Now, if they don't get an audience in those first three episodes, they're like canceled midway through the first season. And there's not like they're not giving people even a chance to build on word of mouth. So it's kind of like, well, what are we doing here then? Why are we trying these things? It's interesting because they are promoting those shows in New York, which is baffling to me. Like I've (laughs) seen all kinds of signs and posters for Alaska Daily. And Mm. I'm like, no one in this city is watching this show. (laughs) It's so bad. I mean, it's like bad. It's actively bad. So uh 
thoughts and prayers with Hillary Swank in these dark times. Well, Something speaking of actively on. bad and straight to streaming, we will be talking on Thursday about <laughs> two different movies. We're doing another <laughs> double feature episode. Uh, the Luckiest Girl Alive, the Mila Kunis Netflix movie, and Catherine Called Birdie, the Lena Dunham directed uh, medieval comedy on <laughs> Amazon Prime. Um it will be interesting to see. There's a real through line of, you know, feminism and female voices that yes. pair these as the perfect. Yes. Uh, and and two movies that will probably both get Oscar nominations. Yeah. And there's say. actually a Lena Dunham connection for both of them. Interesting. So. I'm excited to know what that is for the <laughs> second one, but I guess we'll get into it. Okay, yes. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We are off next week because Shelby is coming to visit New York. Yeah. And then we'll lit. be back to it. We are edging ever closer to our 200th episode. <laughs> We've been talking about this for months, but what? This is episode... I think this is 197, honestly. 197 still... this week? Eakin, yeah. Two, so two more after this before the 200. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. we'll get there eventually. Will we get there before my birthday episode? Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. God yeah, willing. I think so. Yeah. Which I need to be thinking about that. I, this is my, this is the first. Time I've to do Lena it. Dunham. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. No, I can't watch girls. I don't, I've never seen it. I don't, I'm not going to start now. Um. Okay. We will talk to you guys on Thursday. Bye. <laughs>